I'm going to, you know, I've always winged it in my life. And you all, you know what I mean by winging it. You know, I, uh, you know, make some plans to a degree, but it seemed like most of my life I've winged it. You know, I just go out and I found out in a way doing things for God is, is a good way. Because sometimes if you make plans, I found that when I make plans and uh, of what I'm going to say and what I'm going to do that thing, then it's like I want to be in too much control, see, and I'm let, not letting the Holy Spirit, you know, you know, it's good to make plans, but I don't want to, you know, God might have, I want him to speak through me, you know, I want the Holy Spirit to speak through me, okay, my biggest fear in life is sowing a seed of discord, I have no doubt at all that hell is hell is real and heaven is real. Not one single doubt, not one speck of doubt. And I also have no doubt that Jesus is the only way. And I'm going to start off uh, by my first big wake-up call. I call it, I've had three, I think, huge wake-up calls in my life. First one, uh, I was... Uh, I was about 23 years old, and I'm in Long Beach, California. I came in, looked in the mirror back during the hippie days, you know, and skin and bones, weighed 150 pounds, 6'4", four, four packs of cigarettes a day, alcoholic, drugs. I'd stay up three and four days and nights, popping pills, playing, gambling, and this happened with a lot of uh, pool players, but also musicians, you know, uh, get into that trap too, because they had to have energy to perform, you know, I think. So I'm looking in the mirror, and all of a sudden, which I believe was an angel, spoke to me and said, There's, I'm, and now I'm looking in this mirror, my hair is down to here, I got a beard down to here, my eyes are all sunk back in my head. You could reach around my arm right here, right here, it was like this, you know. And I was, you know, I was uh, white as a ghost, totally yellow from nicotine stains, rotten teeth. And I would have been considered the scum of the world by the scums. Because at this time, the life I'd been living was a scumful life. I lived in the bars, the pool rooms, hustling, gambling. I knew hitmen, prostitutes. Uh, uh, a few times I was, I was locked up in a room one time with one guy had a German Luger, another guy had a Smith and Wesson, another guy had a knife coming at me wanting to kill me. Many times it happened. Uh, but as I'm looking in the mirror, uh, which I believe was an angel, spoke to me and said, there's a better life than this. And something just took control of me. My head turns to the right, and there's a Gideon's Bible there. I pick up the Bible, open it up, thought enters the mind, and scripture jumps at me. I mean, it's not, it's like embossed. It's like it stands out three different times. Thought, scripture, thought, scripture, three different times. So God is saying, hey, this is it. Now, I'm going to go back a little farther. See, this lifestyle I was in, I was a puppet on the string for the devil. I was a puppet on the string. I was drunk first time when I was three years old, uh, chugging beers at six years old, smoking cigarettes, gambling, busted a poker game when I was eight years old, won all the night, playing all night poker, won all the money, $83, a lot of money for, I lived in poverty. I lived in 15 different houses within a six-mile radius. Uh, only went to the eighth grade. Uh, never went to your school without missing at least 20 days. 
and uh, I was basically illiterate. I got books in Barnes and Noble now. <laughs> Can you believe that? <laughs> you know, and uh, so these are the things. You know, I don't like looking back and talking about those things, but but if it helps someone. I thank God's grace that can, I can look back sometimes, but I get caught up in those things sometimes when I look back. You know, the Bible said when you put your hands to the plow, press forward. You know, but sometimes we can look back and give a testimony, but don't stay back there. You got to keep pressing forward. So, see, I know that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. You know, all my sins are, I'm, I'm, I'm not, now this person I'm talking about, I should, when I say me, I should be saying he. See, because he was drunk at three years old. He did all of those things because I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. See, that man's dead. He died at the cross. But I'll talk about him a little bit, okay? Uh, so anyway, I, uh, I'm looking in the mirror and my head turns to right and there's that Gideon's Bible. I pick it up. Now, at this time, I've probably been up two or three days uh, gambling, hustling. And I've been all across the United States gambling, hustling. You know, you've seen the movies, probably the movie. How many people have seen the movie The Hustler? Okay, now if you get the collections edition of the movie The Hustler, which I think is a very depressing movie, the movie is black and white. I'm in color. Seriously, you can watch the movie and I come up on the left-hand screen, I explain the scenes, how they're talking, what they're doing and everything, you know, in the movie. And... Uh, We'll get into that stuff later. <laughs> but anyway, Satan guided me. See, I knew I needed help. And at that time, the self-help books that were out there, like Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. Some of you might have heard of that. Uh, autobiography, Yogananda. And uh, so I started, I got on this 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 search for my soul and my spirit and, and the life. You know, what's life all about? I started going in uh, these trances. I started doing these meditational trances, transcendental meditation, uh, all of those things. And I'd go in these trances, and I'd go back into my past, and I'd try to, I could, I would feel, the, you know, there was all this stuff that's regressed in me from my childhood. Because at that time, I didn't know how to cry or laugh. I never, I never felt joy in my life. Never knew what the emotion joy was actually until probably 10 years ago or so, never knew the emotion joy, never, and maybe as a little baby, you know, but, but I was so tormented as a child growing up, uh, I was tortured, basically, you know, my brother and I, my father beat my mother, and we couldn't go to school, you know, like he would, he was shell-shocked from the war, and he would try to, uh, all night long, they'd fuss and fight, and I'd get up, and she'd have black eyes and bloody and everything and stuff, and I'd have to go try to go to school and try to sit there and study, you know. And that's the that's my child, that's his childhood life, you know. And uh, but anyway, I, I started going to these trances, and uh, and then all of a sudden, I started seeing things. I started knowing what was going to come on the radio before it even played. I got so I could read mine. I got so I could see Arvas. I could see the spirit world. I could see all these things. I thought, man, this must be this must be where it's at. I must be on the right trip here, you know. Really. So I thought, man, I need to quit all these all these things. I can become a better person, receive more power if I quit my illicit sex because I was a sex fanatic. Uh, 
if I quit my, my, my drinking, my drugs, everything except the gambling. And I thought, now, if I keep maybe playing pool for money and stuff, if I beat them, I might be helping them because they might become a better player. All these, yeah, yeah. So, well, what it was, my flesh tried to become good. My flesh tried to become good. And I started going, and it was all in vain. All these things I was, you know, I was trying to quit all these things to attain things for my glory and for me, for my vainglory and everything else. So my flesh actually tried to become a good person. And uh, I started, you know, I was, uh, uh, I got a, uh, anyway, I was still traveling, doing exhibitions, still got a few guns pulled on me, a few different, a few times again. Um, and then I would go in these trances and I actually believe that I've been in dead bodies. There's something called a morbid fascination with the spirit realm. I became worse than Legion. I'm serious. You've heard about Legion in the Bible. I was worse than Legion later on, you know. Um, it's like God said, well, Mike, you think you can do it? Go ahead and do it. You know. So I thought I was on the right trip, you know. And I, after a few more road trips and everything and stuff, uh, I'm not gonna get in all those because a lot of them it's amazing I didn't get killed and, and things didn't happen. I got in jail a few few times, you know. I ended up in Denver, Colorado. And this was back during the hippie days. And uh I'm playing pool in this bar. And I start thinking that I could think the balls into the pocket. So I'm actually looking up in the sky as I'm playing this guy. I'm looking up and just trying to think these balls. I could see the power. I knew the powers and principalities, what was going on. I could see how things were affected, you know, how, you know, and most people send Buddhism and all these things and stuff and the, and the witches and the, and the, and the sorcery and everything. They know all this stuff, you know, and us as Christians should know this stuff too, you know. So we wrestle with powers and principalities. You're not wrestling with flesh and blood. We're wrestling with powers and principalities in dark places, you know. Okay. And um, I don't want to give the devil any glory because I know he's been defeated. And I know where he's going, and I know where his angels are going, and I know where the false prophets are going. That's what hell's made for. You know, hell's not made for me, it's not made for any of us. But he's tricky, you know, and that's what I'm gonna try to expose some of his tricks. So anyway, I, uh, I'm going to his transit and I'm in Denver, Colorado. And I'm looking up and I was, you know, and of course I go busted. <laughs> I go brown playing for like 50 a game. There's a lot of money back then. I think I had $40 left and I walk outside and all of a sudden everything's moving real fast. And all of a sudden everything's moving real slow. And I start seeing all these things. And I, and I think, man, the end of the world must be coming, you know, and I look up, I, I could just see Jesus coming through the sky any, any second. I thought, this is it, you know. So now I see this old lady, maybe 80 years old, trying to get across Colfax, which is one of the most busy streets in Denver, Colorado. So I go over and stop all the traffic and I walk her across because I'm trying to stop, I'm trying to get all my good deeds in before he comes back. <laughs> I say, wait now. I said, yeah. And so now this hippie runs up to me and he asked me for some pocket. Back then, everybody's wanting change, you know, wanting change. And, you know, now, now they want 20s or whatever. They don't want change. <laughs> so this hippie comes up and he says, hey, 
That, and I pulled out, I had $40, I think it's $40, and I just gave it all to him. Boy, he was happy. <laughs> so I go back to the hotel, and I lay at the hotel, and I'm laying there, and see, at this time, I could touch a book, I could touch things, and I could feel what was in those things, in books and, and objects and stuff. You know, a lot of psychics can do those things. You know, they can touch a, a book, and that's why you shouldn't have those books in your houses on witchcraft, sorcery, and all those things and stuff, which they burned in front of people for 50, for lots of money, you know. So you go watch what you have in the house, you know. And that's the, and that's the, you know, so I could touch a, a book and I could feel all the energy, all the things, the attitudes, and everything in those books and stuff, you know. So now I'm at the hotel and I take the Bible and I'm laying there and I take the Bible and I lay it on my chest like this. I thought, man, I might be able to absorb all the wisdom and knowledge and every name there is in this Bible, and then I've got it, you know. I thought I could just, just without reading, I thought I could just, just absorb it all, you know, you know. And then I get a telephone call. It's the hotel manager. And they say, Mike, would you, you need to come down and pay the rent? And I said, well, I pay with love. I thought the world would come to an end. I could see flying, I'm, I'm serious, I see flying saucers out there and everything. I was really on a trip, you know. And make a long story short, but they call the law. The law comes and takes me. They put me in jail. I'm in jail for like three days. And anything I thought of, I became that. See, I didn't know at this time someone had drugged my drink with LSD. You know, didn't know until a year later, you know, what had happened. So I'm laying in the, you know, in this cell and anything I thought of, I became cancer in people's body. I became... Once I thought of Superman, and I tried to bust the walls and stuff and everything, and I couldn't. I thought, well, there must be kryptonite in here and stuff, you know. Yeah, you know, and on my mind, anything I thought of, I became that. Once I became, uh, I was eating a, a potato. I thought I was eating earth. I could feel, I could hear the people screaming, falling down inside of me. I was an outer space monster at that time. Another time I was, uh, uh, I laid on the bunk. And I thought, hey, this, this, this is, I'm all of sin. So I got to be destroyed so that this world can live. So that the, the monk becomes like a, lock, a rocket launcher. And I shoot off into space to be destroyed and everything and stuff. And I actually press my head against, I got a dent in the back, back of my head right now where I crushed my skull, pressing my head against a, a, a nut, a bolt that was there, you know. And it's like, that happened, and then a great relief came on me. But then there's another trip. Now I'm a monkey. I'm climbing the bars and stuff. So now they knew I shouldn't be in jail, so they come and they put me in a mental institution in a straitjacket. I'm in a straitjacket. I'm in a mental institution. And they'd come up and look, and I thought I was like in a fishbowl. People look like fish. People like that. Now this lasted for years. This lasted for years. They they get a hold of my parents. They, get a, they call me, and I go back. I go home for... Uh, uh, my parents hadn't heard from me in two years. They didn't know if I was dead or alive. They sent me home. My father's still walking the floors, cursing the Germans, fighting the war and everything. Stuff. They sent me home. I walked the railroad tracks. I'd be looking at my mother sometimes. She'd look like a skeleton, her flesh falling off and everything else. Stuff. People come up I went to school with and talked to me. Now, they didn't know the world I was in, see. So you take a... It's like I was cut off from all communication with the world. I was just, I was in, these demons were like out of hell, you know, it was controlling me. 
And I'd go out into the woods and I'd swing all day long, wanting the devil to material. I didn't want to serve God and I didn't want to serve Satan. I'd go out and I'd swing all day long, trying to fight the devil and fall down and end up beating myself, you know. I'd lay my head beside the railroad tracks when the trains went by, but I'm already dead. So why don't you just put my head on there, you know? See? And uh, a year later, we get a call. A guy that's with me when it happened told my parents what about the drug, and I go back out on the road. So anyway, I'm on that trip for when I go back on the road, hustling pool again. See, when I found out the drug was put in my drink, there was a relief that came over me. I thought, well, hey, this was this wasn't, you know, there's always something there in me. Is this real? See, if you're insane, if you're in a mental institute, you know, these, these people that are insane, that's demon-possessed out here and stuff and everything, there's still part of them that's that that they have a will that, that knows there's something wrong here. But the problem is, see, a lot of them don't want deliverance. They don't want deliverance. And they actually use that insanity for an excuse. You know, insanity is not an excuse to go out and kill people and do things and stuff, you know. But they will use that, and the law even accepts that, you know, or laws are led. But that's not an excuse because they know there's something inside of them that still knows, you know. You take a psychopath, that psychopath, there's still part of him that knows, that, you know, but he's controlled by these demons. Just like Manson. Manson had lots of power in that prison. People were afraid of him. He had lots of power. Devil, they, you know, devil can give you power. He can, only, he can also give you money. He can give you fame. He can give you all those things, you know. Look what he offered Jesus up on the mount, right? He said, bow down. He showed him his whole kingdom. Hey, look at this. This is all yours. All you got to do is bow down and worship me, you know. And that's the reason I say, well, you know, these people, they get up and they say, well, I'm worshiping God. I want to thank my God. What God are they thinking? You know. So anyway, I, uh, it's hard, hard to do in 25 minutes. <laughs> I get talking. I, so I ended up uh, in Chattanooga, Tennessee, after going back on the road. And there, and there was an agony in my soul that was unbelievable. But there's still a part of me that wants to do what's right. There's a part of me that ain't that there's still, hey, I got to find out what this is. I got to do. I got to get this, you know. So I met this girl. I ended up getting married. Now all of a sudden, I get on fire for God, which I, I started going to church. I started running for miles and miles. See, I never was athletic in school, but all of a sudden, I, I was running marathons. I was lifting weights. I became a brick mason, became a firefighter, became very in the community, I became uh, like a, a very well-respected person, you know, because I thought, and, and you know, here I was, but the problem was, it was me still trying to become good to show the people, hey, the masses are okay. See, I came from where I was from, the masses were, that's a bad name, you know, I'm a massive. And I thought all masses were drunkards and gamblers and everything else and stuff, you know. So I was from a little child, that's what I was taught, that's what I believed. So here I'm, I'm out here trying to prove, hey, we're okay, you know. And I started getting blessed. I was building churches. I was doing all kinds of things, good works and everything. And I was building churches and doing things and quit smoking, quit drinking, uh, got married, and didn't touch a woman for seven years. I wouldn't touch a woman and everything. And uh, started uh, opening a business, pool rooms and everything, you know, like I had a business and uh, became very successful, became considered number one in the world in pool and the trick shots and stuff. Going around, uh, God blessed me in that area, going doing exhibitions for our traveling 
the world. You know, I've been like 40 countries. I've done shows for Prince of Brunei. I've done shows for heads of Kazakhstan Mafia. I've done shows for, and then, you know, presidents and everything else in Spain and in the Olympic committees. Uh, uh, done five movies, uh, written books, written screenplays and everything, you know. And, and so I started becoming the, like the Pied Piper Pooh. I, I found out I had all these talents and abilities that, that was, I didn't know I had. And, and, I, and boy, I was just, I was doing all these great things, you know. And, but I was still doing this. Pat myself on the back. See, I, I didn't get the full, I thought living, I thought I was living by the Ten Commandments what, what religion was about. So I, I was trying to live by the Ten Commandments. I was trying to live by the law. I tried to live by the letter of the law. And I'm still just as dead as everybody else, you know. But I was doing good work. I was doing what I thought was good work. I was doing building churches, doing all these things. But I'm still no joy, still totally empty, still worse you know really i was worse because i had religious pride which is one of the most deadly sins there is you know i started thinking i was a good person and uh became judgmental i judged people smoking drinking or whatever and stuff instead of wanting to witness to them and telling them love jesus i'd want to turn down for what they was doing you know and uh the pharisees <laughs> yeah so um anyway after about seven years of living a good life, when I thought was good with my wife, attained everything I thought I never could have. I attained it all, you know. Nice home. Wasn't wealthy or anything, but I had a nice home, firefighter, business and everything. And then I went to uh, uh, an, ex did an exhibition in Birmingham, Alabama, and I got on a pool table. Now, here I am muscular at this time. I mean, I really, I, at one time I was, I, I bench pressed 420 when I was 60 years old, <laughs> you know, and I could, I was curling, I, you know, I was got really, and I never was athletic. And all of a sudden I'm running, you know, I'm running miles. I, I put a sign on my back that said, Jesus saves. And I run for miles and miles and miles. I'd go through the slums and then the bars and stuff and witness to the people. And God protected me. There's a few times people wanted to hurt me and everything else, but he protected me. And I was sincere. I was sincere, you know. So anyway, I uh, ended up uh, going back out on the road. And like I said, the dead was tricky. And you probably heard a dog goes back to the vomit. See, I had no joy in my, what I thought was salvation, which I believe, I accepted Jesus, believed in Jesus. I had no joy. Though. So I started going back to sneaking around with the women, started sipping a little wine, started, uh, uh, now I'm not saying all, I'm not saying drinking wine is wrong. For me, it's wrong because I'm not considered an alcoholic. I love Moscato, I love sweet wine and everything, but I quit this last night, I quit because what if you have a problem with drinking and I sit down with you and you see me drinking, you think maybe, man, if he can do it, I might be able to do it too, but you might not be able to do it. See, so like Apostle Paul wouldn't even eat meat in front of someone that believed it was wrong because he didn't want them to snuggle. So that's why I don't drink. I'm not saying it's wrong to drink wine. I, I love I love it, but that's why I quit, you know. Same with gambling, you know. I'm not saying everybody's wrong with gambling, but I don't gamble. And it's for the same reasons and stuff. You know, one of the reasons because it's it's hard like to beat somebody out of their money and say, hey, you know what? Jesus loves you. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it, right? You know. 
Plus, if you ask most people in this world if they believe gambling's wrong, what are they going to say? They're probably going to say right because it's not a faith, right? Anything we don't do to glorify God is sin, right? So now if I'm, you know, that could hurt my testimony. And that's what it did. And uh, and I wrestled, you know, I, I, all these things I'm talking about, I, there's still a part of me that still wants to do all these things and stuff, you know. And I know what it is. It's the old flesh, you know. And I want him to be dead. I can't kill him, but I can tame him with the help of the Holy Spirit. You can't kill it. You can never kill it in this world, but you can tame it. Anyway, I start doing all these things, and I become, you know, like Steve showed up at my first paid exhibition because someone at Birmingham saw me doing shots that never had, no one had ever seen these shots I was doing. And I believe I was inspired by God, all these shots and stuff. And I was considered, you know, became considered number one in the world. At this time, they didn't actually have competitions. They didn't still have real competitions until the year 2000. Now, from the year 2000, I, I ended up winning like 17 world championships in, in, in uh, you know, in Ukraine, Germany. I've been like 40, you know, England. I won the world snooker championships three times in trick shots over in England. Uh, I won all these titles and everything stuff. Uh, ESPN, I was probably on ESPN 250 times or so, you know, I won eight of those events and stuff. And one of the uh, questions and later on, you had a lot of people going to say, well, how's it feel to be number one in the world? You know, it really feels great in the flesh. But to be honest with you, it's mostly all ego satisfaction. There's still no joy. I, when there's that, and I would tell people about Jesus and God and everything and getting, you know, getting those trophies and everything. And I was sincere in a way, but it's still me actually was really wanting to take the glory more, you know. The vainglory, that flesh, it wanted to take the glory more. And uh, so I didn't have joy. Ego satisfaction is all it was. For a moment, oh boy, it's great. Receiving those checks and stuff, you know, and everything for a moment. You know, everybody treating you like you're, you're uh, like when I go into pool rooms now and everything, everybody wants my autograph and want a selfie and all that stuff and everything. And I wrestled tremendously because my flesh likes that stuff. It likes it. And I hate it. But I love it. You know, you know what I'm saying, right? I hate it, but I love it. Because <laughs> I know there's no joy in it. You know? And I found out my flesh can't kill my flesh. <laughs> my flesh can't kill my flesh. I got to keep looking at Jesus. I got to keep looking at him and let him do it. But it's got to be the, 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 we have the power, the Holy Spirit that, that, that does it, you know. And then joy. I've, re, I've had joy before just watching little birds turn flips and dogs turn flips, watching little simple things, you know. But I ended up doing all those things. And after about 11 years, I confessed to my wife. Uh, I had two kids at this time. I'm sitting there one day, I'm watching the TV, and I saw. How at this time the rock uh, stars, how my daughter was liking Madonna and the rock stars and everything. I could see the influence of the TV on my kids and everything and stuff and my child. And I wanted to change. But you know what? I had no power. I'd gone too far. Oh. <sighs> 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 
and went before I tried you know I would try I lost it all and I you know my, my wife I'd lay in bed depressed my daughter would come up they didn't know the darkness I was in. And I, I went through a divorce and they sent me home. My father's still walking the road, walking, cursing the Germans, fighting the war. And so I go through another deep depression for about two years. All the demons came back, went back to the woods, all the things again, everything came back. And uh, I went through torture. And one day I sat down, I put a letter together. I could see all the things that's happening in this world and I understood it. And I understand now. I know exactly what's going on. And I could see, and I wanted to, I wanted to, to try to get across to people what the rock music was doing to kids, what the books were doing, what all these things were doing, you know. And so I put a letter together and I hitchhiked all the way to Or Roberts. And I got a, I've been on 700 Club a couple of times. I've been on Jim Baker's program. I've been on a lot of TV pro, programs and stuff. So I put this letter together, and it, what it was, I wanted to get on their TV program and give the whole world a message. You know, hey, this, all these things are going on, you know, about hell, you know, all these things. And I was wanting them to, parachute me out into the middle of the jungle away from everything to okay away from everything and uh, of course they wouldn't do it you know and uh, but anyway the big thing that I want to get across in in this world uh, you know I, I believe I'm saved and my salvation is that's all what Jesus did but I, I go through some horrible horrible battles at times because I know the enemy, you know, and I know if, if I tell you, I have times I can look Satan dead in the eye, say, get under my feet, you know, and he's got to get there. But I have other times I have to say, God, get away from me, you know. And, and, and a lot of people don't realize it is a spiritual world. A lot of these homeless people and stuff that we see out here, man, we they need help tremendously and everything and stuff. Some of them don't want to help. Some are demon possessed. Some of them, I can't cope in this world and thing, and uh, but us as Christians should we supposed to have the power in us? Now we can't change this world. This world, you know, but we can do. We we're supposed to have the power. We're left here for a reason, right? Not just to have a good time and play golf all the time and just sit back and retire and have a wonderful time. We're 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 left here for a reason. You know, and I'm not saying playing golf and pool and all those things are okay, you know, it, right balance. But, and it says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. With fear and trembling, you know, is your soul. Work it out with fear and trembling. Am I really saved? And I've had to do that a few times, you know. And uh, and the big thing that God said, I chose you. You didn't choose me, see. Another thing is I look at him sometimes. This is a good one right here. 
I say, now Jesus, and this course, I believe I have seen Jesus before, but that's that's my I'm, I do this in faith. I said, Jesus, now you started this. You said you would finish it because you said you're the author and the finisher of my faith. So please, whatever you have to do, do it. But don't do it too quick. <laughs> right? You know, I, you know, do it though. You know, and and I, you know, I, I almost froze to death the last couple of years. I mean, you wouldn't believe what I went through just like a couple of years. And I understand the Apostle Paul, I can really relate to Apostle Paul. You know, the shipwrecks and everything else, all the things he went through, I would relate to tremendously. But anyway, the big thing is there is a heaven, there's a hell. And there was one person in hell that actually, you know, that that was there that said, hey, go tell my cousin, my brother, and all my relatives and say how horrible a place this is. I've seen it. I've seen the waiting place. I've been in a place that no human wants to, I've seen demons that no human being wants to see. Worse than any horror movie you've ever seen. I've been in a pit of darkness that's worse than any demon you've ever seen on TV, a horror movie, you know. And that was uh, something that came up on me. It was a morbid, I had a morbid fascination to the spirit realm at one time. And, uh, and I have to wrestle. Sometimes I see those demons at times now and stuff that come up on me. And I have to pray hard sometimes. But there's a part of me that I'm going because I, you know, if we know Jesus, salvation is a big thing. You know, God wants everyone to be saved. He wants all, he died for every soul, every soul on the face of earth. Jesus died for them, you know. So we have a job, you know. And I don't know what your job is, but, but we do have a job. And if we get in the, you know, and like if, to me, death is victory. You know, absent body, I don't have to fight that war anymore. <laughs> you know, you know, Apostle Paul said, oh, death, what is thing? Anyway, I think that's it. Now, I got the three questions. Uh, the question I put together, he wanted to put together three questions. And one of them, I think I answered her, how does it feel to be considered the greatest in the world or something? Feels great in the flesh. Feels great, yeah. And it feels great accomplishing things. I thank God for my talents, my abilities, and my gifts and everything stuff, and, uh, and uh, that I can use these things. But sometimes it feels too great. Sometimes, uh, you know, the world will have you thinking, you know, that if you can uh, dunk a basketball or do all the great things and stuff, that you have the answers to everything else in this world, you know if you're great at something, you know. And, uh, but, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, oh, so, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, but anyway, that was, <laughs> I thought you wanted me to answer it. I thought you wanted me to answer it and answer it, okay, yeah.